Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I am your host, Allison Kilkenny, flying solo on this wonderful Saturday morning. I hope you're all super excited about Elon Musk hosting uh, SNL tonight. Just kidding. Who cares? Um, or maybe you're going to watch it. Um, to each their own. I will not be partaking, but I'm sure I will see lots of tweets about it. I'm just going to give everybody a heads up at the top of this episode. Uh, if you're a new listener to the show, first of all, welcome. Thank you for listening. Couldn't do it without your support. Also, I am the proud owner of two little cats, and one of them is named Desmond. And Desmond today is, as I like to put it, full of beans and screaming constantly. So if you hear his little voice in the background, I apologize. Um, he's a little confused. He's been fed twice today, and it is 11 a.m., and he thinks he should be fed more. And that is just simply, Desmond, I'm looking at you, incorrect, sir. So I'll be dealing with that. Another note, we have a bonus episode of Light Trees and News up this very moment that you can go listen to. I mean, listen to this episode first, obviously. That would be weird if you stopped this one to go listen to the bonus and then came back. But again, to each their own. If you want to do it that way, that's fine. Who am I to tell you how to listen to podcasts, right? I should fuck off. We have a bonus episode of Light Trees and News up right now with First Cow's Ryan Lee. He is the fabulous actor from that film that we've been praising a lot on Light Trees and News. We had a wonderful conversation with him. I'm just going to say it. He's a goddamn delight. He's in Australia. The time scheduling was a nightmare, and he was just pleasant every step of the way. And I wish I could say that about all guests, but I can't. You know what I'm saying? So uh, please go listen to that. Please, as always, if you are in a position to do so, support the show. You can do that by going to lighttreason.news and smashing that donate button. Or you could go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Kilkenny. A little perk over there is you get to send questions, comments, recommendations, into the show. You can do that by commenting at my Patreon and I'll read them. You get to skip the line, basically. You can email the show, but I can't guarantee when I'll see that. I can guarantee I'll get to the Patreon comments first because guess why? Capitalism. That's why. We're all a part of it. We all participate in it. It can't be escaped until the revolution, wink, wink, meet at the agreed upon location. You know what I'm saying. So I'm going to read some of my Patreon comments right now and recommendations. And I'm going to be honest with you. I copied and pasted these a while ago, so I have entirely forgotten what they are. So I'll be surprised, too. That's fun, right? So Elliot wrote in. In regards to the recent wave of anti-trans stuff, I wanted to recommend the YouTube video essayist ContraPoints. Many of her videos are like full-length feature films, but they're always both interesting and entertaining and also beautiful to look at. Her most recent video is on J.K. Rowling's public trans <laughs> transphobic meltdown, where Contra uses her as a case study to interrogate the mechanics of bigotry more generally, as well as transphobia in specific. 
For a somewhat shorter recommendation, I would suggest her video on opulence, my personal favorite, which considers how opulence functions in relationships to aesthetics and class. Damn, Elliot. Thank you for all the work you put into the show, and I hope you're doing well. Elliot, thank you. I am doing well. I hope you're doing well as well. And fuck J.K. Rowling, am I right? Here's what drives me nuts about J.K. Rowling, okay? You have more money than God, right? If I was in her position, I would just fuck off to an island for the rest of time and just drink mojitos in the sun every day until I pass out, okay? That would be my daily schedule. Instead, she is hunched over her keyboard on the daily, destroying her legacy by being a transphobic troll. J.K. Rowling, what the fuck? It's just infuriating. And it's extra infuriating. Do you remember the old days when she was just like this emblem of the public support system? And she was like, yeah, I was a single mom and I was poor and I couldn't have done it without, you know, a strong social safety net. And everyone was like, fuck yeah, J.K. Rowling. And then she was like, and also, and everyone was like, okay. And then pure shit came out of her mouth. A pure geyser of liquid shit came out of her mouth. And everyone was like, oh no. And now everybody with a Harry Potter tattoo is like, what the fuck? That's my thing about JK Rowling. I just, uh, it's so infuriating. If I was in her position, I would just, not that I would never give a public opinion ever again, because I think someone with her platform actually could do a lot of good. Like, let's pretend in a parallel universe somewhere, there's a very pro-trans J.K. Rowling who's like, hey, I know a lot of trans people read my books and supported me throughout the years, and I hate to see them suffering, so I got your backs now. How amazing would that be? But we got the bad J.K. Rowling. That sucks. So William also wrote in, hi, William, and they write, hey, everybody, I just wanted to recommend Invincible on Amazon Prime. It may be an animated show based on comic books, but it stars the voice talents of Stephen Young, Sandra Oh, and J.K. Simmons. Warning, though, it gets dark and violent, but I just wondered what your take on it would be. William, thank you for that recommendation. I have had the show recommended to me by everyone. And I'm going to be honest with you. It, first of all, your, your trigger warning is accurate. It is very dark. It is very violent. In the first episode, no less. So <laughs> just a heads up for everyone. Um, and the voice talent is amazing. When, that really is what intrigued me um, about it. When I saw everybody who was involved, I was like, damn, that Amazon money, right? Jeff Bezos. With the, with the $100 bills, making it rain. He's an evil man. But I was really impressed by the lineup. So I did check it out. And here's how I feel about it. It's really hard for me to get invested in comic book mythology that is brand new. Like, I am a Marvel zombie. I'll watch anything the MCU puts out. I love those characters. I'm familiar with their, those characters. It's hard for me to get invested in a whole new lineup of people where it's like, okay, who's this? What's your power? What's, what's your little costume like? So that was kind of tough for me. And also, it is very dark and very violent, but it feels like one of those shows that would have been edgy maybe five years ago. Certainly before The Boys. I feel like The Boys really set the bar very high for me 
in terms of surprising me and also examining the comic book mythology through a satirical lens. And Invincible is doing that. And I hear, you know, maybe I should have stuck with it a little longer. I don't know. I got very bored, believe it or not. And I know that's surprising because like a lot happens in that show. And it's like, how could you be bored? I was bored. And that was despite the wonderful voice talent. Everybody's doing a great job there. I recognize that it's good, but perhaps it's just not for me. But y'all should check it out. If any of that sounded interesting, uh, do check it out. Everyone that I like, whose opinion I value, I listen to a lot of pop culture criticism podcasts, love it. So just know that. It is well-received. Your girl just didn't connect with it. And that's allowed. Don't come for me, Twitter. I will block you and I'll never think of you again. Brian writes in, and this is the final Patreon message. And again, thank you to everybody who wrote in. And that is a a rolling thing. You can go over to my Patreon if you're a supporter for as little as $5 a month. You too can skip the line and throw elbows while you're doing it. Be like, I have money. Because you're an American, maybe? If not, you still participate in capitalism. Welcome to hell. Brian writes... I've fallen down yet another YouTube rabbit hole, this one being cover songs. And one channel I dig is a band called First to Eleven. They do some really solid covers and also a weak sauce cover of Rage Against the Machines Killing in the Name, but no one's perfect. One I would highly recommend is their cover of The Kill by 30 Seconds to Mars. It's better than the original purely by virtue of having 100% less Jared Leto in it. Hell yeah, Brian. Well said. I also really like their cover of Face Down by the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. All due respect to the original, the lyrics just hit different when a woman sings them in a good way. I agree, Brian. I can't remember the last time I listened to a man sing about his feelings. Keep it bottled up and let it out at a terrible time. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Please, please, always, always choose music over violence. This show stands for one thing, and it's please choose music over violence, men. You're all terrifying. So speaking of falling down a rabbit hole, Brian, I too have fallen down a rabbit hole. I have been completely, and this is my recommendation for everyone, and I am very late to the party. So if you're going to roll your eyes over the, the cis straight girl recommending this, Please feel free to do so. I am rolling my eyes at myself. RuPaul's Drag Race is good. Okay, not to be controversial on this show especially, but it's good. And I have watched every single season plus every single season of All Stars at this point. Please don't ask me who my favorite drag queens are. I will have an existential meltdown. Um, It's really hard. It is like choosing my favorite child. Gun to my head, Jinx Monsoon. Okay, let it go. I said a name, but it is really hard to choose. At the, you have Patrice, you have Manila. I mean, it is just Alaska, Willem. You know, like how do I choose? It it truly is a Sophie's choice. So, not only have I watched every single, and by the way, I am also watching Australia, which just started, and I gotta say. All due respect to the queens and everything they do. I could never do it. Blah, blah, blah. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Uh, 
that snatch game was busted, right? Hashtag light trees and pod. Let me know your thoughts. But when they were afterwards talking about snatch game and they were like, that was the best snatch game ever. I was like, ladies, come don't be delusional. It was okay slash deeply offensive. You know what I'm talking about if you watched it. Let's not make fun of women who lost their children. Maybe? Question mark? I don't know. That feels like the definition of punching down in comedy. But moving on. Not only have I watched every single piece of Drag Race, I have now also fallen down the rabbit hole of (laughs) Drag Race podcasts. That's right. Um, I listen to, uh, Rage Chasers. I listen to Hijinks. I truly, oh, uh, Patrice and, uh, Manila's podcast. I'm spacing on the name of it right now, but I listen to their show too. And it is just a goddamn delight. I am loving this new obsession of mine. I know it's so stupid. It took me so long to watch it, but It is incredibly hard to binge watch Drag Race because they've hopped from network to network to network and they're behind paywalls of all different kinds. And long story short, basically, um, I got a virtual private network and I'm watching everything on Stan right now. So uh, thank you uh, to uh, Chris who hooked me up with that. Otherwise, I never would have watched Drag Race. And it's, it's just been a delight. I finally know what everybody's talking about. <laughs> so many memes over the years. I've been like, what? Now I get it. So I do recommend the entirety of Drag Race. Although I will say this. Since we're a progressive podcast, you know, the show has grown with the times and they have dealt with um, some political topics, uh, some instances of say transgender contestants. And you know, Rue does not have a good history when it comes to transphobia and stuff like that. So obviously I can't give a blanket endorsement for the queens to participate and there's been like instances of like you know um predatory behavior with some queens stuff like that so I am not giving a blanket recommendation for everybody who participates on the show but I will say by and large the good outweighs the bad and how I mean Bob the drag queen come on give it up give it up also in recommendations, is anybody watching Mayor of Easttown? I like I've recommended it to so many people and I, I'm getting a lot of blank stares back. It's on HBO. Is nobody watching this? Okay, let me say this. If you saw a clip of Kate Winslet with her visible roots and a very thick Philadelphia accent, and you were like, pass, hard pass. I understand. But what I'm going to tell you is Kate Winslet is great because she's always great in everything. But what's not getting a lot of attention is Evan Peters and Jean Smart, who are both incredible in it. I'm going to say something, and I stand by it, okay? Evan Peters is playing drunk in a scene, and it's the best drunk scene I've ever seen in anything ever. He goes through maybe 10 different emotions in the span of that scene, and it's captivating. 
He's good. He's my true Quicksilver is what I'm saying. So I, I do recommend Mayor of Easttown, but with, again, a disclaimer, it is dead white girl theater. That is what it's about. It's a, it's a murder mystery in a small town. We must see a, a naked white female at some point. So that does happen. So if that is uh, yucky to you, pass on Mayor of Easttown. If you're into true crime or anything like that, you'll probably like Mayor of Easttown. You know what? If you liked Broadchurch, you'll like Mayor of Easttown. So if you're like, hey, Olivia Coleman, David Tennant, I'm into it. Check it out. And then finally in recommendations, everyone, I strongly, strongly recommend Shiva Baby, which is an independent film you might have seen promoted on, I don't know, Instagram? But it's still in theaters, apparently, like very, very limited release. Um, but it is, I think it's a horror film. <laughs> I don't know if that's technically what genre it's supposed to be but it's about a, a very dysfunctional young woman and I don't say that in a judgy way she's just like in her early 20s she's dysfunctional in a way that we all are in our early 20s and she goes to a Jewish funeral service with her parents and she has a very awkward encounter um, several awkward encounters that I won't tell you uh, what they entail because it's a little bit of a spoiler. But it's written and directed by Emma uh, Siegelman, uh, starring Rachel Sennett, um, Diana Agron, for you Glee heads out there, and Molly Gordon. And they're all just great. It is one of the most awkward, terribly awkward <laughs> things I've ever seen. It truly is a horror film. It is, it's short. It's like a little over an hour, I think. So it, it really moves at a good clip. It's very funny. And it's just nice to see that genre from the female perspective because it's usually very much a, a male-dominated thing. So I highly recommend, if you have the means, I rented it online, but uh, Shiva Baby is great. And on that note, everyone... As always, I always want your recommendations. So if you are unable to support the show via Patreon, you can always tweet the show at Light Treason Pod, hashtag Light Treason Pod. We are no longer on Facebook. We deleted on from Facebook because Facebook is say it with me, evil. That's right. And also it's it's just dead at this point, unless you want um, boomer conspiracy theorists in your comment section. I didn't really see a need to be on Facebook anymore, but we are still on Twitter and Instagram because we can't escape social media. That's right. So if you have any recommendations, you can leave them there as well. And on that note, it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. <gasps> Here's your bad news. Uh, I guess we have to talk about the latest aging 
white male comedian to come out and be like, man, I can't say any unfunny things anymore without people just staring at me and getting mad. So Billy Crystal in, this is going to shock everyone, the New York Post, uh, he was being interviewed and he was promoting his new movie here today, which I'm sure you've all heard of. Just kidding. Um, and he was talking about the state of comedy and guess what? Cancel culture. We love to hear aging white comedians weigh in on cancel culture because it it's just a guaranteed way to lose all respect for them, right? So he said, it's becoming a minefield and I get it. I don't like it. I understand it. I just keep doing what I'm doing and that's all you can do right now. Billy, that's not even a little bit true. I just keep doing what I'm doing and that's all you can do? No, you could listen and learn. You could be empathetic and listen to people who are like, hey, that thing you said uh, sucks for this reason. You could grow as a human being, but you've decided you're already dead? Is that what I'm hearing? And that you're no longer going to grow as a person? Okay. I don't like it. I understand it is another sort of like, okay. It's becoming a minefield and I get it. That's sort of like, he's saying both things, right? Like, it's a minefield, but I get it because there are a lot of issues that are sensitive to people. I don't like it, but I understand it. It's it's a confusing series of statements, but what we've come to expect from... Uh, aging comedians right because times are changing it's very frightening for them they find it very disorienting and they're suddenly no longer culturally relevant which for comedians is a death sentence so instead of just adapting with the times and growing and having interesting things to say about the state of the world these days they just double down on being unfunny hacks and then they get mad when college students don't find them funny anymore It's like, well, you decided to be that way. Because we know people like Billy Crystal know how to write a joke, right? People like Jerry Seinfeld and the like. Like, these comedians know how to write jokes. They're choosing to be irrelevant. So that's your decision. Why are you mad at us? So, yeah, comedy's not a minefield anymore. Or it's not a minefield. It's just that the times are changing and, and... And you are refusing to grow as a human being. Being called out and having to apologize is not the same thing as stepping on a mine and exploding. Does everyone understand that? Those two things are different. I know you you all understand. I'm not sure Billy Crystal sees a... He can't distinguish between those two. Which is a, a concern, I think. Being blown apart and um, becoming meat confetti is not the same thing as someone going, hey, that was a transphobic joke. Everybody's, you know the difference. Okay. Um, So I just wanted to touch on that briefly. And yeah, the comment, now that I read the comment, it's a little more interesting than I thought it would be because it does sound like he's trying to do both things where he's like, I mean, I totally get it. I'm afraid, but I get it. Don't come for me. I'm terrified, but also times are changing. I don't know. I feel like maybe there should be a law that anybody 
anybody over 60 who is almost universally beloved should just not be allowed to say things publicly? D is that bad? Does that violate civil liberties? Maybe. But like, I know me personally, I think I'm just going to peace out from social media after a certain age because I know it is almost inevitable I'm going to say something stupid. I'm going to get old and batty and I'm going to offend a group that maybe doesn't even exist right now in terms of our common vernacular. And I'm going to say something bad. And then I'm going to be too bitter to apologize and that will be the end of me and I will be canceled. And it'll be like the end of Lord of the Rings when I get on the ship and I sail into the white light. Everybody's booing me. And that's how it's going to end for me. And, you know, what I'm, what I'm going to say right now is, Billy, maybe just don't say anything ever again. No, you would not be allowed to make city slickers these days. And I think that's okay. I think we would survive as a people without that film. As, as much as some people love it. Okay, moving on. Also in bad news, I wanted to talk about Melinda Gates and Bill Gates divorcing. Not that I think that's bad news, but it seems like everybody just sort of moved quickly past the fact that Bill Gates was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> That was swept under the carpet very quickly. So it turns out, this is according to the Daily Beast, that Melinda Gates um, met with Jeffrey Epstein alongside her hus then-husband, Bill, in New York City. And allegedly, soon after that, she was furious at the relationship between the two men. Which is understandable, considering uh, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, you know, was raping underage girls and having creepy parties. So this previously unreported meeting occurred at Epstein's Upper East Side mansion in 2013. On the same day, the couple accepted the Lasker Bloomberg Public Service Award at the Pierre Hotel and were photographed alongside then-Mayor Mike Bloomberg. So, you know, they, they go to this swank event to pick up their public service award and then go meet with Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Fucking yikes. So uh, this meeting proved to be a turning point for the Gates' relationship with Epstein. Um, Melinda allegedly told friends after the encounter how uncomfortable she was in the company of the wealthy sex offender and how she wanted nothing to do with him. Okay, so Melinda was like, this is fucked up. It's, you know, of course, the woman in the room who's not um, Glade or whatever the fuck her name is. Uh, you know, a, a sane woman is like, hey, this is fucked up. So Gates' friendship with Epstein, who for years was accused of molesting scores of underage girls, still haunts Melinda, allegedly. This is according to friends of the couple who spoke with the Daily Beast. Um, yeah, so everybody's sort of focused on the fact that Melinda and Bill Gates are divorcing. And there was that really weird op-ed that was like, if there's no hope for them, is there hope for anybody else? And it's like, fuck, yes. What are you talking about? People invest an insane amount of 
I, it's just weird to me that people get so invested in celebrity couples. It feels weird calling Melinda and Bill Gates a celebrity couple, but I guess they were. But like the fact that people hang hopes on celebrity couples is deeply weird to me. Whenever a couple like announces that they're separating in the comment section, it's like, no, it's like, what is your fucking deal? First of all, it's hard enough to break up. Second of all, it's so weird that you are this invested in a strange, two strangers relationship. Get a life. I'm sorry. Get a life. It's weird. So yes, there's hope for the rest of us, even though Melinda and Bill Gates got separated. Then I was in the comments section of uh, some of the tweets about their separation, and it was just a series of pissed off divorced dads being like, she's going to take him to the dry cleaners. I hope he has a prenup. She's going to take all the yachts, blah, 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 blah. First of all, Melinda Gates was an active participant at Microsoft. Like, she did real work for decades at the company. Um, she had a role there. It's not like she was sitting at home with her feet up. You know, like, I hate that I'm in a position where I'm defending someone as wealthy as Melinda Gates, but it's so fucking sexist to pretend like she's, like, some sugar baby. It's like, no, she was a partner to him, for decades, she deserves that money. Like, in terms of the legal system we have right now, divvying up, and apparently they do have a prenup, so, like, who the hell knows what she's going to get? But these fucking sexist assholes, like, oh, she's just going to take him to the cleaner. She deserves that money. Especially because she was apparently putting up with shit like Bill hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. Gross. Gross, I say. But also not something we should rush rush past because, like, listen, we make fun of QAnon a lot because they're a bunch of lunatics, but it sort of plays into their narrative of the media covering up the acts of sex offenders when we don't acknowledge that people like Bill Gates and Bill Clinton were friends with Jeffrey Epstein and hanging out on his rape island with underage girls. Like, we should acknowledge that they had a relationship with this man, and we should acknowledge when they participated in illegal behavior. And it doesn't matter that, say, they were a Democratic president or they were a you know, a uh, founder of a huge computer company that, that did a lot of charity work. Some of it questionable. <laughs> the Gates Foundation has been roundly criticized by uh, many, many people. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he did any of that if he was also hanging out with uh, serial rapist Jeffrey Epstein. We should acknowledge when that stuff happens, is what I'm saying. So I, I guess I'm just putting this in bad news because the conversation immediately devolved into the dumbest possible version, which is, no, a celebrity couple separating. Why do you care? And also, ugh, that bitch is going to take him to the cleaners, which is always what happens when celebrity couples, I should say heterosexual celebrity couples get separated. There's this immediate assumption that the bitch is greedy and she's going to take all the money. Even if the woman makes more than the man, which is sometimes the case with actor couples. So also in bad news, I guess we got to talk about, speaking of rich assholes, Caitlyn Jenner, right? So <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner 
go oh background uh caitlin jenner has announced that she is running for governor of california oh my god i know so you know caitlin is a transgender woman but she's also a republican and she's very very wealthy so she is therefore an asshole correct and she went on fox news because she is what an asshole yep and she was talking about why she's running for governor and she said the following thing, which I absolutely love because I just love when you can tell a political candidate has had no sort of political grooming or if they have, they have a very bad team who's bad at messaging and either didn't tell them what to say or they're just sort of yes men who were like, great idea, great idea, <laughs> Caitlin, every step of the way, even when it's like fully foot in mouth. So she said... My friends are leaving California. The guy across was packing up his hangar, and I said, where are you going? He said, I'm moving to Sedona, Arizona. I can't take it here anymore. I can't walk down the streets and see the homeless. I don't want to leave, okay? Either I stay and fight or I get out of here. Okay, so we have to unpack this because several incredible things happened in a very short amount of time. First of all, packing up his hanger is incredible because that is a reference to, I believe, an airport hanger. So this is a private plane. <laughs> you know, we can all relate when you're talking to your neighbor at the airport hanger and you're, you're attending to your private jet and he's packing up his private jet and he's like, Caitlin, I'm leaving the state because I see poor people everywhere which is the other incredible part of this statement. The reason this person is um, allegedly moving to Sedona, Arizona, isn't the lower tax rate of the state, and this is a rich person seeking to escape higher taxation in California. Um, they are leaving because they can't stand the sight of poor people. So instead of, I don't know, giving money to a, a homeless shelter or, or supporting policies that... Um, seek to house uh, people who are temporarily homeless. They are just fleeing the state. <laughs> and this is why Caitlin is running for governor for those people, for the people in the airport hangars who can't take it anymore, goddammit. So uh, it goes without saying, Caitlin Jenner is a monster. She... And I, again, I think we should stress this. Killed a person in her vehicle and um, continues to say horrific things about uh, transgender people. She just said something very stupid about uh, transgender girls uh, playing sports with other girls. It's just one faux pas after the other. I, I shouldn't even say faux pas. Hateful statement after the other. She's a bad person, and I think the calculation is she thinks because she's transgender, she can win over progressives because they're stupid. And from what I've seen, I don't think that's a good calculation, Caitlin. It doesn't seem like people are buying it. Now, admittedly, I'm in a bubble, but holy shit, so is Caitlin, based on the statements she made on, on Fox News. Um, I mean, the fact that she's sitting down with Sean Hannity, I think is a big enough tell. We know who this person is, right? 
And then there was an insane moment where Sean Hannity brought up the uh, fact that California is a quote-unquote sanctuary city, even though it's not. That is a problematic term. People get deported from sanctuary cities uh, all the time. Um, Or I should say, like, Los Angeles is a sanctuary city. But so Sean Hannity goes, okay, California is a sanctuary state. You have sanctuary cities. Would you eliminate sanctuary, sanctuary status for the state of California? Which, you know, is an, an important question. Like, where do you stand on, on immigration and deportations? Caitlin responds by laughing and then goes, uh, I would keep it a sanctuary state for small businesses. And then Sean Hannity goes, meaning... <laughs> And then Jenna responds, meaning I want small businesses to come into this state. I want people to create wealth here. I want to employ people. Yeah, but as far as immigration, no. (laughs) I am not on that. We need to spend some money to have a fair and equitable immigration system. So it was almost as though Caitlyn Jenner has never heard the term sanctuary city or sanctuary state before, which is concerning for someone who's running for governor of California. And then to try to pivot into small businesses was very, very odd. And clearly, Caitlyn Jenner is going to be the candidate who represents wealthy people and uh, businesses in general. But to not have an answer prepared for that is really, really bad. Very bad. Even if you're trying to run as the conservative candidate, you should have an answer prepared about immigration in California of all states. So I don't know if she has a team right now. I'm assuming she does, but if she does, they bad. They a bad team. Maybe actively trying to sabotage, which I support. If you are listening to the show right now and you work for Caitlyn Jenner, feel free to write in anonymously and um, let me know if my theory is correct that you are trying to destroy her because you're doing a good job. Honestly, maybe this is a good news story Um, because that was a bad answer, Caitlin. And on that note, let's pivot from the bad into the good. Here's your good news. All right. First up in the good news section, a rare good news story that is COVID related. The Biden administration on Wednesday joined calls for more sharing of the technology behind COVID-19 vaccines to help speed the end of the pandemic. A shift that puts the U.S. alongside many in the developing world who want rich countries to do more to get doses to the needy. So if you follow her on Twitter, U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai announced the government's position amid World Trade Organization talks about a possible temporary waiver of its protections that would allow more manufacturers to produce the life-saving vaccines. So to translate that, when these giant pharmaceutical companies 
make a vaccine, even though they might um, get some of that funding through through the federal government, which is funded by our tax dollars, that is an intellectual property. A vaccine is an intellectual property that companies like Pfizer own, and they uh, charge a lot of money for it. So sometimes in the case of a public emergency, the government can force private companies to waive the intellectual property protections and make those vaccines either free or very, very cheap for other countries. So a couple things. This is obviously good news. That's why I'm putting in the good news section. This is what a lot of activists were asking of the federal government. So it's great that they have signaled, and it's 100% Catherine uh, Tai, right? She has been putting a lot of pressure because activists have been putting pressure on her um, to the, the Biden administration. And they have finally signaled that they are willing to do this. Now, that's good, but... Immediately, the World Trade Organization answered by saying, yeah, but this is probably going to take a really long time and we won't actually be able to do it until 2022, which is a long time, especially if you're paying attention to, say, what's happening in India right now. India's cases of COVID and deaths by COVID have skyrocketed and it is just a full on catastrophe. They can't afford to wait until 2022 for these intellectual property protections to be waived. So that is obviously a bad news aspect to it, but I maintain it's still good news that the administration has signaled that they are they can be cajoled, is what I'm saying. They can be persuaded to do the right thing, and the right thing is um, waiving all of these intellectual property protections and making the vaccines available to every country on the face of the earth for free because it's an emergency. You shouldn't be charging people for the fucking vaccine right now. Um, that goes for everyone. You know, I've, I've heard stories here in the United States about some insurance companies trying to charge people for their COVID shots. That shouldn't happen. They're free. No one should be charging you for a COVID vaccine. Uh, if they try to do that, that's incredibly shady, and you should challenge it. Um, so also in good news, I wanted to talk about, <laughs> remember when Trump got banned from Twitter and he was like, that's fine. Fuck y'all. I'm going to start my own media empire. And everyone was like, okay. And people were speculating that like, maybe he was going to start a news network, like to challenge Fox news. And then it became, oh, maybe he'll make like a conservative Twitter. And then he went quiet for a little while. Well, he came back recently with his big reveal, his big new communication tool, and it turns out it's like a blog, question mark. It's a website where he can post his rantings, but there's no comment feature. <laughs> so he came back with the comments turned off, which I'm sorry, if that's not the biggest snowflake move I've ever heard, nobody's allowed to respond to you, sir, on the internet. Like, come on. Come on. 
snowflake clown is what I say. So I'm just putting this in the good. Sorry, something touched my toe and I thought it was the cat and it's not. But that's concerning because then it's like, what is it if it's not the cat? Okay. Um, so I'm putting that in the good news section because I think it's very funny. And it's just, man, what a sad rodeo clown, right? He comes back. You should check out. Well, maybe not because I don't want to give the site more traffic. But it's called From the Desk of Donald J. Trump. <laughs> Oh, he sucks so bad. I just love that this is his return, his like grand return. And people are like, oh, is this the media empire? And it's like not even as good as Tumblr, you know, like not even that interesting. It's so sad. And I'm also just like how many of his followers are even capable of like booting up a computer and like going to a website? <laughs> Will they be able to find it? It's not Facebook. They're like, is it on the Facebook? I can't see it. Oh, so funny. And then finally, everybody, I'm putting this in the good news section because it made me laugh. Did everybody see this photo of the Bidens with the Carters? Because it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It is, unfortunately, a prime example of forced perspective in which Jill and Joe Biden look absolutely massive <laughs> in the foreground of this photo. And Jimmy and uh, Rosalind, Rosalind are in the background seated and they, full, they look fully like ventriloquist dummies. And it looks like Jill and Joe are operating them and we are in the audience of, I'm going to say it, the best show that's ever happened, ever. And I love it so much. Um, I will post the photo at our Instagram in case you have not seen it. It's incredible. It makes me so happy. People were dying on Twitter about it. I think it's a rare example of like a harmless viral moment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's like being hurt by this going viral, but everybody was trying to figure out like, why does it look so weird? Like surely the, like people shrink when they get older, but they, the Carters are not that small. <laughs> and it does seem like it is just an example of forced perspective. And maybe also, I don't know, like it is so weird. I just keep looking at it. Oh, I love it so much. Um, but yeah, do you have theories? Um, I am reading this on Jezebel and the author, uh, Marie Solis, Solis, sorry, said that, um, they did like a quick Google search and Joe Biden is five foot six. That's crazy. I'm five, six. Am I as tall as Joe Biden? That's wild. I thought he was taller. To Jimmy Carter's 5'10". So Jimmy Carter's four inches taller <laughs> than Joe Biden. But in this photo, it looks like a full two feet shorter than him. Um, and then, oh, wait, no. Oh, Jill. Jill's 5'6". Okay, that makes sense. Jill Biden and I are the same height. <laughs> I felt crazy. Joe Biden is six foot even. And Rosalind is 5'5". 
But in this photo, yeah, I mean, Jill looks like she would just, she could crush Rosalind's skull with her hand. Um, so, yeah, if you have theories, I think it's just forced perspective. Um, but then I'm sort of like, apparently the Carter Library took this photo. I just can't imagine the photographer taking this photo and being like, looks good. Looks normal and good. Looks like something we should put in the Carter Library and frame and people will look at it and say, what a normal photo. What a normal, accurate photo of how you looked in real life. Like, isn't it the photographer's job to look at the photo they took in their digital camera and be like, nope, we got we to gotta go again, everybody. everybody. You guys kneel again. Maybe don't kneel. Maybe that's the problem. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up right now. And also, listen, I know that uh, Jimmy and Rosalind are very old now. Just figure out a different way for everybody to sit. I don't know. Isn't that your job? I don't want to put the photographer on blast, but it's a fucking weird photo. I can't believe I thought Joe Biden is 5'6", even for a second. Wow. You know, sometimes we don't get the proper amount of eight hours of sleep and we read Jill Biden as Joe Biden. That blew my mind, though, for a second. I was like, is he tiny? Has he been tiny this whole time? Because I don't think of myself as tiny, but I don't know. If I found out Joe Biden was 5'6", I would be like, what the fuck? What's happening? I've seen him stand next to Barack. Is Barack tiny? What if I just found out everybody is tiny? That would be life altering. On that note, everybody, I'm uh, I'm gonna peace out because it's been a long day. We recorded that bonus episode that everybody should go check out. But uh, she's real sleepy. We got up bright and early to do that bonus episode with Orion Lee. Um, thanks again to him. Thanks again to Meredith for both of them. <laughs> Um, well, Orion had to stay up very late and Meredith had to get up very early because she's an hour ahead of me. So everybody was a champ. It's a good interview. Go check that out. Uh, as always, we are 100% listener supported. So if you're a fan of the show and what we do, you can go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button or go to patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. And if you sign up at $5 a month or higher over there, you get to write into the show basically whenever you want. Whenever any stray thought pops into your head and you're like, hey, oh, what happened to ghost stories? There was a couple weeks where we were getting, and listen, maybe people just ran out of ghost stories, which I totally understand. You can send in any old story that you think is a good story. Anytime something creepy happened. At this point, I'm just like, the floodgates are open. If you have a story that like kills at parties and you're like, here's something fucking weird that happened to me, you can tell me. And like, here's the thing, you will get feedback though. Like I'll read it on the show and then me and the co-host, whoever it might be, we have notes. So just understand that. But yeah, I mean, at this point, fuck it, right? You can send recommendations, questions, all of the normal stuff, but if you just are like, this wild thing happened to me and the people need to know, write in. Fuck it. Don't be shy. 
It's always the people who are like apologizing constantly and they're like, sorry, this is so long. They have the best stories. And it's like, I want to hear more from you. It's the people who sail in with blind confidence, who have absolutely nothing interesting to say, who it's like, okay, less, less from you, more from the shy people in the back is what I'm saying. Um, and on that note, you're all great. I love all of you. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Light Trees and Pod. You can follow me at Allison Kilkenny. I also am not on Facebook anymore. I deleted that shit. But I am on Twitter. I am on Instagram. You can follow me there. Um, SoundCloud, I never promote that, even though that's where I link to in the promoted uh, tweets that I post. But you can like us on SoundCloud, which helps as well. And here's something I truly never mention anymore. If you have two minutes, can you just go subscribe and leave a nice review of the show on Apple? Because that really helps as well. That might be the most helpful free thing you can do for the show, truly. Because it that like determines where we are on the charts and stuff like that. And I never tell you guys to do it. I'm assuming you're all subscribed, but maybe you're not. But if you are subscribed, just take two minutes to leave a nice review. It really does help, and I appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And while you're at it, stay inside and cause a little trouble. <laughs>